Welcome to season one, episode five of the Recruitment Startup Subject, a podcast fixated on understanding the questions around what it takes to launch and run your own recruitment agency. Now, within this series, we're talking to entrepreneurial recruiters who have started their own agencies as we really look to understand what finally made them make the leap, focusing on everything from how they did it, the practicalities and the journey they went on to get there, to the challenges that they faced and the hurdles that they faced and the journey that they came on in the hope of a understanding more about them and their unique journey and also b giving recruiters out there who might be listening to this today toying with the idea of starting their own agency an insight into what it really takes to start and run your own agency in today's market and today for episode five we're joined by a veterinary recruiter who for me um, encapsulates what people refer to as the right type of recruiter to start their own agency because That's a really interesting topic, really, because entrepreneurship is tough. I mean, it is, which means that you can't just be, quote, a good recruiter. You need to be the right type of recruiter. And our guest today really typifies that type. And I know the term resilience gets thrown around a lot, but this recruiter has a, a real grit to them, an unwavering focus on what they're doing and the agency that they're so clearly setting out to build. And after six or so years working within the employed veterinary recruitment space, our guest decided to make the leap and start our own agency. And today we get to hear more about that journey. It didn't come as a surprise to anyone who knew her as from an early stage within her career, managing teams, processes and businesses, it was second nature from the casino industry in South Africa to the recruitment world in the UK. Our guest today really gives a very real and honest insight into not only what it takes to start your own agency, but what it takes to run a successful agency as well from what her own hurdles and challenges have been and are, um, and to the importance of being self-aware at every stage of that journey. So I'll stop waffling on, and it's a pleasure to introduce Janks, more formally known as Janko, to the recruitment startup subject. Hello, Janks, you okay? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. You are right. Yes, fine. Thank you, fine. Thank you. Thank you very much for, for coming on. Really appreciate you taking the time for... So for anyone naive enough not to know a little bit about yourself, can you introduce yourself first and then we can kind of just go from there? Yeah, of course. So, um, one, you know, thank you very much for having me on. Um, I'm Janko, or like most people know me, I'm Janks. I'm the MD of JR Veterinary. And we set up last September. Um, and yeah, coming up for our first year soon. Um, yeah, just work in the veterinary equipment industry. And, and how long have you been working in the, in the veterinary space then prior to, to starting JR then? Yeah, so it was about five and a half years. Um, and then I took I took a bit of a gap. I went into a different uh, market altogether. And here we find ourselves now, nine, ten months later, back back in the veterinary sector, which, yeah, absolutely love it. No, of course. Yeah. And one of the questions I always like to kick these things off with, because obviously the meaning of a business changes so much over, over the years and the months. I guess, what, what does JR kind of mean to yourself? Then? Crikey, JR. Um, I think in the simplest, simplest format, it basically means family. Uh, you know, we're a family-run agency. We, people that work, that, are, that have to work, most people do, do it for their family. Yeah. And I think JR as a whole, you know, we want that family feel towards our clients, our candidates, but also the people that come and work for us. You know, we want them to be part of our extended family. And yeah, that's 
that's our whole vision and our motto is is just to have that family-run agency that yeah that just works yeah and and how obviously we'll, we'll probably get onto it at some point but clearly I'm sure hiring into that business is a challenge if, if those kind of values are so strong obviously actually hiring in is probably quite a challenge in its own right yeah definitely and and you know that's that's one of the things that that Jane and I have always wanted we we want the vision of you know we're not a corporate. Um, I'm very lucky in terms of the last agency that I worked for um, in the avi- aviation industry yeah. um, was family run. And I learned a lot from them, even though I was only there for a short time. But basically it was one of the reasons why we set up JR and how we set them up, because, yeah, the way that they worked was just, yeah, was amazing. And, you know, they were family family run as well. Yeah. Um yeah, and it, it it just showed me a lot of what what we wanted for our company and the values that we wanted. Also, being you know a smaller company, yeah. there's there's a bit more leeway and flexibility. And I think on one of your other podcasts, one of the MDs said, you know, if they want to go surfing, um, and only start at ten o'clock, JR's got the same kind of of mentality in terms. Of we we want the guys to have a good work life balance. Um, but there's also a fine line, isn't there, in terms of allowing them to do that without you getting some, possibly some bad apples come into the business yeah, no, that just so. take the mick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it, it all comes down to having that trust in, in individuals to begin with, um, seeing the potential in them, and then just allowing them to grow with the company. So yeah, very exciting. Well, I was about to say, it must be quite an exciting thing. And I, and I guess prior to, to starting JR, was, was your ambition always to, to grow a team around you? Was that quite important to you then? I don't really know, to be honest. Um, I think people that know me have always known I've always wanted to work from home. Yeah. Um, I, I I absolutely love it. Um, the the idea, you know, obviously when COVID hit and things were going and Gary and I were talking about possibly starting JR yeah. and what it would look like in six, nine, 12 months time and past that. And, you know, it allows us to to be able to recruit talent from all over the country, really, because we've always said we, we want to be working remotely but I also know that there's there's some individuals that that can't work that can't work remotely um so yeah I think to answer your question yes um but there was there was that desire I'm I'm quite a I'm a person that that loves training new people I enjoy seeing people grow around me um it was just to see if, if if the company could actually facilitate that in terms yeah. of working remotely and and having the flexibility, which I think COVID shown everyone that that we can, which is yeah, it was, it's great for JR. Well, it certainly was a catalyst for so many to to start thinking about the idea of even doing it themselves and also then doing it. And I guess if you cast your mind back to to when JR started, how, how long had you been thinking about the idea of starting something for yourself prior to doing it? Crikey, well, Max, you and I had a conversation about three years ago, didn't we? Um, you know, we, we, I've, I've had conversations with people and I think once the seed's planted, um, it takes a lot for you not to do it. Yeah. You know, like I said, we, we had conversations three years ago and it wasn't the right time for me then. Um, but three years on, you know, I, it's always been in the back of my mind. Should I, shouldn't I, um, you know, being one of the top billers for so long. Yeah. So I'd say I've always wanted to be my own boss for a very, very long time. Yeah. Um, that's why I was so successful in in the um, casino industry in South Africa is because I, I always push myself to go that bit further. Um, and then yeah, here we here we are now. I don't know what 
how much further I can go within JR. Like I've come in and gone straight to being an MD. Um, but yeah, it's exciting to build build everything around us and to grow. And you know, I'm still learning new things every day, which is amazing. And and being able to teach, um, you know, our our recruiters, our recruitment consultants, and and resources. And teaching Jane new things as well. And Jane teaches me new things. You know, Jane's been in, in finance for over over 35 years. So Jane has a certain way of doing things. Yeah. I'm the control freak that likes stuff done my way. So yeah, it's just learning. We're always learning at, at JR, which is quite good. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I guess obviously there are there are professional and personal kind of catalysts for people to, to start thinking about it. You mentioned obviously when you and I spoke about the idea three years ago or so, the timing wasn't right. I mean, what? What was it about the timing back then that, that wasn't quite right for you to do it then? I think there were a lot of aspects um, that, that went into it. But looking back now, I think I was probably too green, if, if that's the right way to say it. Um, you know, I, I think I needed I needed a couple of more years actually working within the industry, building up my knowledge, um, facing, you know, the challenges that came with being a senior, a senior within the team. Um, and also, you know, personally, I don't think it, it was the right time either. I just bought the new house. So I think having that extra stress of being a mortgage owner for the first time in the UK um, and then owning a company on top of that. Yeah. Um, Gary and I were still quite new in our relationship. So, you know, it's a bit different now where I can tell Gary I'm, I'm working till 10 o'clock. It, it is what it is. Yeah. Whereas I think back then when it was still very new, it, it may have put pressure on other parts of, of my life that I don't think... I don't think would have been as good as what it is now. Yeah, yes, yeah. Which is funny, is it? Because obviously, you know, you, you cited the two major areas as the professional timing with all these things, but also personally feeling like the right time. And I guess what 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 made it the right time for you to do it when you then finally decided to set up there? It's really weird because um, when I left my veterinary agency that I yeah. worked my way up to, you know, um, it wasn't the plan to start my own agency. I basically left because I needed, I needed more in my career. I needed that career progression as such. And I'd hit the level to where I was, Um, you know, and and I gave them the respect, you know, I had restricted covenants in place and I gave my previous agency the respect that they deserved. And I didn't just jump straight in, you know, I waited, I think it was like a good two or three months afterwards. Um, COVID had hit. Um, and I think yeah. everyone had then decided, oh, you know, we're all working from home. Can you do it? Do you like it? And I think that's when Jane and I started having like serious conversations about, um, you know, doing something for ourselves and doing something yeah. for our family and building something up to, you know, being able to have that flexibility of, yeah, just just working for ourselves. Um, and it was then that I started reaching out to clients and it was just having a chat with them and just, you know, basically seeing how they were doing during COVID because I was obviously yeah yeah. yeah, Yeah. I wasn't allowed to speak to anyone for so long and they were such a a big part of my life for so long that it was more just a catch-up to see how they were doing how their families were doing and the response that I got from the industry was Jenks are you back and I was like no I'm literally just catching up to see how you guys are going you know it's in the back of my mind obviously you know being the person I am it's it's, it was always going to be in the back of my mind um but yeah, just speaking to my clients and just 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 seeing, you know, how excited they were at the potential of me coming back into the industry. Um, yeah, it was a really good. Dis- Sorry, were you surprised I, by that reaction? Yeah. Yeah, I think I was because I, I don't know why. Um, I just yeah, I, I was really surprised by the fact 
that yeah they were all just really really excited and you know mum blessed me with the best name ever of Janko because there's only one of me um so you know that is that is a massive blessing from from my side um but yeah it was it was just it was awesome to be honest with you just speaking to my clients again and being being so excited you know I even had um one of my clients who I get on really well with um when you guys were sending the designs to him with the different colors and stuff, I even spoke to one of my clients and actually asked right, what yeah. do you think yeah. um, would be really good in the market. And I really wanted to go with like the, the bright pink. Yes. Um, and, and she actually said to me, she's like, James, you know, I agree. It stands out. It looks amazing. But, you know, in terms of like the professional side, think about how you want your company to look and and how would the pink reflect and you know she didn't tell me don't go with it but she just also gave me like that little bit of inside knowledge of what what they think of as, as yeah. clients so yeah. yeah no it was yeah it was really really cool just to and that, that sounds like quite a fortunate position to be in to be able to be so open with your, your clients about it and that was obviously because you'd taken the conscious step whether consciously to start something for yourself or, or not but the conscious step to move away from the veterinary industry before doing it and i guess Naturally, did, did anything kind of concern you for, for going back into a, a market that obviously you've been out of for six, nine months? I don't I don't think I was really concerned because the veterinary space is is incredible. Like yeah, yeah the, the clients are amazing, they're all very caring. Um, you know, I've worked I've worked in other markets and I I just didn't get on with with certain I, I, don't, I don't know if it's the calibre or just yeah. The veterinary is just very it's a lovely. Unique, it's a unique. Yeah, they're very yeah. unique and they're very yeah. caring. And um, so I, I didn't I didn't worry on that front. It was more the fact of, you know, there's obviously PSLs that go on. Yeah. Um, would we be able to to get in on, on PSLs? Would, you know, the big corporates want to be working with somebody who's just starting out again, even though, you know, I've been in the industry for five, five and a half years. So, yeah, of course, there's concerns. Um but yeah, after having certain conversations with clients, for some reason, I was thinking about it this morning, and it wasn't really the candidate side that that worried me. And I don't know why, even though there's such a shortage for candidates, especially now with COVID, you know, we don't have the suffers, the Kiwis, the Aussies coming over. But for some reason, the candidates didn't, yeah, it was more the clients that I was really worried about. And I think, is that because it's quite a PSL-heavy kind of market? I mean, in my notes that we're going to talk about funny enough, further down the line, but obviously we can talk about it now, is that obviously the veterinary space is, is quite PSL-heavy and naturally a concern for anyone starting out is getting on them. So how, how did you approach that? Yeah, so um, initially, I I just, I, I, I concentrated on all the independents to begin with. Yeah. Um, literally before before the doors opened on i think it was the first of september 31st of august first of september whenever it was um i'd used my weekends um to basically just make lists and lists of all my clients so literally by the time we, we opened the doors we could literally just hit the ground running by contacting people um yeah and and you know i reached out i reached out to to the corporates basically told them that i was back um you know, was was pushed back with with a few, and um, told they're not looking to to add on to the PSL moment, and, and and that was absolutely fine. It was to be expected. But you know, we were always in the background. We were always knocking. We yeah. were always we were always there. We were keeping in contact. Um, you know, 
it's it's just doing the groundwork again. And and yeah, we've we've been very fortunate in, in in where we are today, to be honest with you. And when they were, to use your phrase, pushing back, were they pushing back because you were a startup and it only just started, or was it more just circumstantial? They weren't looking. Yeah, I think they just weren't looking at the moment. You know, it was COVID nineteen. They had other things going on at the moment. Um, you know, they had other priorities that they were looking at. IR thirty five. You know, it was all. Yeah, it wasn't about us being a startup. It was just at at that point in time there was no no room for us on on the PSL. Um, but yeah, we you know we 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 kept going. We kept you know. Um, contacting them, you know, informing them of the candidates that we had, you know, we were very lucky. Um, I basically worked, I think the 31st of August was a bank holiday. Um, and I basically had managed to get some roles on yeah. um, to advertise on that on the 31st. Um, and that evening, we already had a candidate come through. It was our first candidate we came through to JR, sent the CV across on that Tuesday. The, the guy didn't get booked in straight away. Well, he did get booked in straight away, but it only got booked in a week after. But it was our very first candidate, just because we were that little bit more proactive before before we actually opened the doors. So, yeah. That must have been quite a proud moment for yourself. And, and the beauty is, I'm sure there have been so many moments that you sit back and feel incredibly proud about what you do. But I guess, is there a vivid moment that, that it all kind of clicked and reaffirmed why you did what you did, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think that one was really good. I think my proudest moment for JR... Um, and that's going to sound really cliche and I don't mean it to sound that way, but um, was when Jane made her first booking, yep. you know, Jane being in, in the finance industry for so long and then moving her over into into recruitment. And then, yeah, with, you know, within two weeks, she had done the whole process. She had found the candidate, she had found the client, somebody I'd never worked with before, managed to sort the interviews. And I was just like, yes, like, mm. here we go. JR can do this because. I can make bookings. I know I can do bookings. Um, but to see Jane do that as well and for it all just to come together. And Jane is so good at finding clients. So, you know, people that I've never worked with. Um, so, yeah, that's, I think that's what cemented it all together in terms of, yeah, JR's here. Well, it's because obviously what we were talking about at the very beginning about it being such a family run thing for yourself and family being so important and such a constant. But obviously Jane being your mum, yeah, it makes sense. And I guess when when you were thinking about the idea of doing it for yourself, was it were you always going to be doing it with your mum? Was that always the plan? Yeah. So even yeah. when when you and I were discussing it, you know, um, three years ago, I think that was always the case. You know, when anybody ever asked me, it was always going to be just because Jane is so business minded. And because she's got so much experience in the finance, I was just thinking in terms of like paying locums, you know, and running that whole side of things. If I could get Jane to do it, Jane's got so much experience. But selfish, but if I've got a, if I've got an extra accountant over and above yeah. my lovely Jordan, who you yeah. can never take away from me. Um, but if I've got an extra person on top of that, you know, yeah. to, to just help, well, I can literally just recruit. It just made sense to me to, to do it that way um yeah yeah and, and jane's quite good at telling me when um i need to stop being so controlling because i am a bit of a control freak um so yeah it works quite well where she's just like jane she needs to take a chill out now and go and have a glass of wine and we'll come back to this at a later date but i think it's incredibly hard to do that isn't it because obviously most individuals that start them themselves it's because they value that autonomy and the control and and a lot of this the skill especially when you're you're building the business and growing it in the way that obviously you so clearly have or are doing sorry is that you have to relinquish elements of control. And I guess, has that been quite hard for you to, to do? 
Crikey, yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely. So, you know, when we first when we first started as well, um, I brought Jane on to basically do all the, the locums. Um, yeah. But I think for the first three months, I kept hold of everything because I was like, I need to make sure it's done properly. And it wasn't that I doubted Jane, not at all. It was just my process and my mind. And if I knew it was done, I knew it was done properly. Yeah. And I knew that my locums would be paid. And that was one of the very frustrating parts of, you know, with JR initially was how how the locums were being paid. It wasn't up to my standards, um, you know, with using certain companies that, yeah, I probably yeah. shouldn't have used. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've managed to, to give that bit of control to Jane now. So Jane's in charge of everything. Um, we still triple check everything. So Jane processes everything. I, I check it and then go to Jordan. Jordan sorts it all out. Um, but yeah, it it was quite hard. I think you and I had a couple of conversations where you were like, you need to like start giving people more responsibility. Well, I think because it ultimately it stagnates the growth. And if the growth is important, then naturally you do. And I guess while you, you didn't maybe initially set out to build it physically in the way that you obviously so confidently have, I guess over the next maybe 18, 24 months, do you see yourself wanting to, to grow it even more? And I guess, so the headcount at the moment is at four Right. Yeah, so we're at four at the moment, yeah. So four at the moment, and then I guess, do you have a vague idea as to where you might want to take it over the next 18, 24 months? Yeah, so um, believe it or not, Jane retired last year. Um, I basically managed to get her to come back on board. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if Jane says to me, Janks, I need to take a bit of a step back and spend some time. So um, dad works over in South America. Mm -hmm. So he does six weeks on, three weeks off. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if she basically said to me, Janks, the three weeks that dad's back, I, I need that with, with your dad, which is completely understandable, you know. Um, that was another reason why it was so easy for her to come across to JR because she had that flexibility of spending time with dad and being at home when he was at home. But I wouldn't be surprised if she says to me, Jenks, you know, I want to take a bit of my step back and actually have my retirement. Um, but yeah, I've you know, I've got I've got fingers in pies that I'm looking at um over the next over the next six, 12, 18 months. Um, we're always on the lookout for for good consultants because yeah, we've, we're just so busy, mm. um, you know, so it's, it's yeah, it's definitely there. Um, another resource, uh, a couple of consultants. Um, that's, that's the overall plan. I think, I think to have about five or six will be optimal. That's, yeah. that's where JR capacity will go to. I, I don't see us becoming really big um, just because I want to keep that family feel um and also train all the consultants and the resources up so that they have the same vision and the same motto and the same culture. So that if I am off for a week or two, they know that every email needs to be answered. They know what is expected of them. So the smaller the team, I just think it, it will just work. And, and, how, and how have you been able to, to instill that culture that obviously knowing you is so clear? How have you been able to do that remotely in a time of uncertainty, coupled with the fact that obviously JR is only relatively new? How have you been able to, to build the culture in a way that you so clearly have already? Yeah, you know, um, when, when we interviewed the guys, um, we, you know, we, we explained to them who we are, what we are, how we see things going. Um, you know, it was all about the right candidates for us as well. We needed the right personalities to go in with, with, the, with the company. Um, it was just setting those those tones from, from the word go. You know, we have, we've had a couple of outings with the team, which has yeah. been, been really, really good. Um, 
we have meetings um, we have a very open and honest relationship with our with our staff in terms of if there's anything that I'm sure about they're more than welcome like we've got we've got a really nice place where, where Gary and I live we've got an outside area where we can you know have meetings and things so you know if, if it's if it's a point where one of one of the guys are struggling they're more than welcome to come and, and work with me for the day or for yeah. a week or for a month you know even though it's very remote based we've always said if there's something that they need we're 100 there because that's what the family is isn't it they yeah. you allow you allow the guys just to like crack on but you're there if you need them or if they need us should i say um but yeah so we, we have our meetings um we go through a lot of training so the guys have got um training next week and the week after with one of the the colleges yeah. so we, we've we've put that into place so that you know they they're learning new skills as well yeah it's if they need anything if they want anything that they, they've got free range to come and speak to us and if they don't like the way we do things we've obviously given them free range to speak to you guys about if there's things that we need to change which i think i think is really good because yeah. as daunting as it could be like coming up against jane and myself both you know mum and daughter both you know heads of the company it could be quite daunting for them to like say actually i don't like what you do this or i don't like what you do that yeah, yeah. and that's why we've always said you know we, we you know we partnered with with yourselves and the guys at isotope if they, they've got free range to come and contact you um even in like in any kind of our grievance processes you guys are part of that as well because i found that if it is really daunting coming and speaking to me or speaking to jane at least there is an extra support yeah, for them yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, and, yeah. and that's the that's the changing dynamic of, of any partnership, isn't it? I mean, obviously these things ebb and they flow, and they give individuals different things at different times. And I guess, obviously, when you start out on your own, the most important thing, of course, is the billing. Focusing on that, you're getting it to a certain point, and then obviously your role naturally changes. And sometimes that's driven by individuals coming into the business. And I guess when you're running your own thing, so fixated, quite rightfully, on the billing side of things, did you find it hard or challenging to? kind of then wear a different hat and now focus on managing a team that is ultimately yours as well? I don't think I find it challenging. No, it's something that I thrive on. I, I love, I, I love that side of things. You know, that's why I, I love my, I love my career in South Africa. You know, I love being um, the manager and in charge and, and supporting and, and training. And it's just something that I'm really passionate about. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it was, it was tough. It's just, I think I need to still have that hat on of Jenks, you still need to recruit. Yeah. Um yeah. that's that's where where I'm coming, you know. I'm not not shorting forward because falling short. Shorting forward, is that even a word? Um I'm not falling short, but um it's just it, it's yeah, it's just remembering that you need to support people, mentor them, and also knowing also when to let go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which which is it, which is a challenge and it will always be a challenge. And I think it's a challenge as well when you when you start running something for yourself in the first place, because however many times people outside will say, we'll just focus on the recruitment, everything else will take care of itself, itself, sorry, naturally, you're interested in the other bits as well. And I guess during that launch of the business, what what areas were important to you to get right aside from just the, the recruitment? Were there other areas that you were excited about during launching JR? Quickie, um yeah I, I honestly i think it was it was all quite exciting to be honest yeah. with you um i don't think i really realized 
how much went into launching a company. Um, you know, I think I was a bit naive, even though we had a million and one conversations. Um, but yeah, the, the launch of, of the company was was like really important. But then it was also making sure, and I harp on about this all the time, but it's it's our bread and butter, is making sure that our locums are paid on time, you know, making sure that yeah. everything works for them. Um, yeah, but then, you know, you guys were you guys were amazing and so supportive and things that I didn't even know, like, you know, contracts in place now with, with um, our new guy starting and it's it's getting it all right and getting the wording right. And it's things that I just basically naively just thought, yeah, it, it, it worked. You know, it just came as part of, yeah. the, pa- part of the package. Um, but, yeah, it's getting those sides of things right and terms of business and compliance and and getting, you know, with IR35 and the new the new contracts that came in on that side and yeah. you know that that was really overwhelming and I do think I was a bit naive on that side so yeah hats off to you guys for obviously knowing everything um and guiding guiding me in the right direction because I wouldn't have had a clue to be honest with you I think obviously I think naive is a is a is a strong word for I think it's it's, it's it all comes back to how how starting your own agency and then marketing abroad and how it's marketed to the outside world and I guess was was your perception of, of what it really meant to run your own business different to how it actually is now for you if that makes sense to be honest yes um yeah. because I, I don't know why there's, there's there's just and I say it to you all the time and it's not that I'm a workaholic but there's just not enough hours in the day and it's mm-hmm. it's not that you know, obviously there's there's times during the day when you're not doing stuff and, you know, you've got the flexibility to nip out and do things. But I can find myself just like lost in my computer for 12, 13 hours a day. And that, I think that's the bit that I was, that I'm still trying to struggle, like I'm still struggling with at the moment because okay. I'm like, how, how do I not have enough time to do everything that I want to do? Because there's always something to be done. And where I thought, you know, it, it would be, it would be easy to like nip out and, and, you know, like, say, for instance, nip out at lunchtime at, like, 12 o'clock every day. That, that's not the case. You, you can't just nip out at 12 o'clock every day. You, you can't, you know. Your lunches could be at 11 o'clock, and you're lucky, you know, if you take a 15-minute lunch break or if you block off your calendar. But it's, it's literally like you, you plan your entire week on yeah. a calendar. Um, whereas even when I was one of the top billers, you know, that, that never used to be the case. So I think that's the bit that... Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting. Loving it, don't get me wrong. I was about I to say no, it. but but I think that that's a that's one of the challenges, isn't it, for people where you can you can hear yourself say the words and you can hear people say it to you before starting saying it is going to be intense, it is going to be all consuming, 13 hour days will become the norm for a bit type of thing. Um, but there's another thing actually then doing it and realizing that actually the reasons why you did it in the first place have to be so strong because otherwise, quite rightfully, it would it would stop you from doing it because fundamentally you're not going to enjoy it. And I guess. Obviously, I know why you did it in terms of the family-run aspect of it and how important that is. I guess on a personal level, what, what was it that was really exciting you about doing it? What made you actually start when you did? Well, yeah, funny one. Um, my Gary used to work from home all the time, and I was like, I, yeah, I love it. I, I want to do that. And then literally, as soon as we opened JR, our role switched, and yeah. he's now out Monday to Friday, and I'm at home. Um but yeah, it, it was that flexibility, you know. Um, Gary's got Gary's got little Henry, um, so yeah, it's it's that side of things, you know, building something for us as a family. Yeah, um, yeah it, 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 that that's basically 
the, the long and short of it, it was building something for us as a family, hopefully in, in years to come, having that flexibility of being able to, you know, have those days off as, as a family, you know, when H is over and Gary's on, on half term and things like that. Um, and, you know, we've got little Dexter now. So having little Dexter at home with us or with me during the day, yeah, it's just, yeah, that's, yeah, it's, it's the dream. I am living the dream, to be honest. Yeah, despite the, the the understandable challenges with it, and I guess before you started, I mean, what what were the areas that were concerning you about doing it? Obviously, the recruitment side of things clearly not, and you were mitigating that risk by talking to the candidates and clients about it. Was there anything that was kind of making you nervous about about actually doing it? I think it's a fear of the unknown, isn't it? Every yeah. if, if you don't know, it's literally, um, yeah. I think that that was it. I think. As well, you know, like the, the easiest way to explain it is when you're when you're in primary school and you go, to, you know, you, you're like top of your game, and then you go to high school and then you're like knocked right back down again. That's exactly what it was like opening JR. You know, I was at the top of my game um, before I left my previous veterinary um, agency. Top of my game, literally top biller, doing really really well. I then went to a couple of other agencies. Really, really good um, aviation company. I was a recruitment manager there, still top of my game. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, you're starting from scratch again. And it's though, you know, it was that kind of, yeah, uncertainty. It was, you know, what happens if I can't, if I can't bill? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just me. I've I've told Jane to come on board with me. I'm, you know, I need to make sure I can pay Jane's wages. I can pay my wages. And that's another stress having, having new um you know people join our company like I really want them to be happy I want them to succeed I want them to be successful whereas before um in a, when you're working in an agency you want to be hitting the numbers where the stress now comes from you need to be hitting the numbers to pay your guys wages because you've basically told them to come on board you've basically promised them that you know it, it's their livelihoods so I think that's the different stress um yeah how do you mitigate that? I mean, how, how, do, how, do you, how do you deal with that, that stress? Because otherwise it can be quite all-encompassing. Bill more. <laughs> Make the placement, stick to basics, get it done, you'll be fine. Um, yeah, to, to be honest, I've got a really good, good support structure, you know, like poor Gary, he, he always has to listen to me events about things, like when things aren't, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest and open. You know, sometimes things go really, really well. Yep. Sometimes you have a really bad day. And then Max has got a two-hour conversation that he really doesn't want to be dealing with on a Friday evening. But, you know, it, it happens. Um, but, yeah, it's, I think I've, I've come to terms over the last, you know, 10, 12 months is if yeah. you stick to basics, everything else will, will work its way out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the most important thing. You know, we've got really good clients, we've got really good candidates in place. Um, and it's just making sure if we do the basics right, if we're open and honest and we communicate with everyone effectively, you know, you might have you might have a bad month. It's, it's yeah. going to happen. Um, yeah. But it's just making sure that you've got the structures in place so a bad month doesn't turn, turn into a bad year. And also, I, I honestly believe that you need to have your venting structure because you can't take it into the next day. Yeah, yeah, so it's the partnerships around you as well, which is where obviously Gary comes into it. And that's why it's such a it is such a family thing. And obviously Jane was part of it. Gary obviously being a supportive partner for yourself is, is there. I guess did did he have any reservations about you doing it or was he very supportive of it even a couple of years ago? Yeah, Gary's always been like Jane, if you want to do it, do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's yeah, Gary's Gary's quite cool. Like 
I'm the one that's like, should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? Should I do it? Should I do it? Gary's always been like, okay, let's talk it through. Like, you know, we would go on like long walks and we'd, we'd discuss it all for like a good hour, hour and a half. And then we'd come back and then I'd be like, oh, I'm not sure. And he's like, we've just, we've basically just discussed that you're going to do it. What aren't you sure about? I'm like, well, you know, I'm in a really good position at the moment. And I love the team. You know, my, my, my previous agency um, within the aviation, they were amazing. Yeah. And it was a really hard decision for me to leave them, you know. And that's what I was saying to Gary, like, what happens if we make the wrong decision? And, you know, what then? And he's like, but, but Janks, you know, you, if you don't try, you'll never know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were, you know, we were in a very fortunate position where we didn't have to take salaries if we didn't need them because, yeah, we, we were in a very, very good position. Um, but th- that all plays a part on, you know, your decisions yeah. that you make yeah. because you need to be able to pay the mortgages. You need to be able to live the lifestyle that you're used to living. Um, yeah. Well, you yeah. need that stability personally before doing it. And, and obviously everyone has a slightly different definition of what that stability is. But I guess in, in hindsight, when you did do it, were you ready? Was it the right time? If we'd done it three years ago and you'd asked me that question, I would have said, biggest mistake of my life, if I'm completely honest with you. Now, even though we we discussed it and we thought September, great, we're coming out of lockdown and we went back into lockdown in November, um, it was still the, it was still the, I touch wood, it was still the right decision for me personally this time around. Because of personal circumstances rather than, rather than professional. Because I, I think professionally i know what you were saying about obviously yeah there's, there's always a there's always a benefit to stay where you are for, for the next couple of years and even learn more and get even confident or more confident sorry about what you're doing but i think professionally you could have done it a couple of years ago but i appreciate that yeah. it is personally there and i guess when when did you start to feel professionally assured in, in what you're doing obviously you mentioned that it's like going from primary school to high school and obviously it takes a bit of time to kind of feel feel comfortable in the JR skin when when did that kind of happen um so are we are we talking about me personally as in recruitment or me personally as in JR I think they're two separate questions aren't they so, so I think the, the recruitment side of things first and then we can go on to the yeah. bigger question um so I I would say you know um yeah I would say once once I'd been a senior for about a year year and a half and, you know, I, I am a control freak, so I like knowing the ins and outs of the business. So I like knowing how to do payroll. I like, you know, even if it's not my job, I, you know, from the word go, I was like, oh, how do I write job ads, even though it wasn't my job? Um, so, yeah, I think once I'd learned all aspects and even when things were thrown at me, I was able to actually sort them out without asking people's advice. Yeah, I think that was so that would have been, yeah, when I was about a year, year and a half into being a senior. So about crikey, I don't know. Right, so, that was, yeah, so that was when you yeah were so literally yeah. yeah so it was I think that's what the timing I think it was that extra that extra six or 12 months I think they'd be really good just to assert myself in in that role and yeah. being able to sort everything out and um, did you so did terms, you manage did you manage people in your in your veterinary role well yes and no we were yeah. such a small team that um that you know we all just relied on each other and um, yeah so even though we did have um so we were seniors then we had recruitment consultants we had resources so yes and no is is, is the best way to answer that yeah yeah because uh, because i guess that's then a you know that's a, a reservation for people when they're looking to scale their own thing is that if they haven't had that prior experience they kind of feel that they they require it and i guess for yourself did 
did you feel that you needed that hands-on management experience to be able to do what you're doing now or actually it didn't really come into play? See, I'm, I'm a bit different because I had it in, in South Africa because I managed a team of like 60, 60 people in South Africa in the casino industry. I then also managed a team over over in the aviation company. So, yeah, so it, it's just already. something that I enjoy. Yeah. yeah, it's just something that I enjoy doing. And that's, I think, what was missing for me within my previous agency in the veterinary sector um, was, you know, I, I enjoy managing people. I enjoy training. Um, yeah, so I think that's, yeah yeah and then so you fast forward september 2020 you start jr and i guess obviously there's a couple of months where where everyone's finding their feet professionally personally it's a whole change of dynamic i guess when did when did you feel assured in jr as yeah no it was the right decision we're, we're confident enough now i'm uncomfortable in what we're doing to be fair like, like i said you know getting those couple of placements right in the beginning was yeah. amazing um i would say honestly um Christmas Eve, having calls with one of, we had a couple of um, government contracts come in, um, but having a call with with one of the, the contract managers on Christmas Eve, I was just like, you know what, actually, for, you know, we're three months in and we're sitting on Christmas Eve having these conversations with, um, with the guys, signed TOBs, yeah, I think that was like a wow. Here we go. Kind of the sound yeah. type moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was awesome. Well, it's, it's going to be, isn't it? Because because it, it kind of reaffirms what you were doing as well. Because as we were mentioning before, the the PSL side of the market, it can, it can put people off because obviously it's a relatively it is a relatively tricky market to get into. You know, so it's a little bit like the health social care market. It's always one that they're, they're part of these big tenders and PSLs and, and big kind of clients that little old recruitment companies sometimes it's it's a, it's a nervous and quite daunting thing and I guess how how did professionals around you react to what you were doing were they were they surprised at what you were doing or were they kind of celebrating the fact that yeah you should have done it years ago anyway yeah so like literally all the people that I've that I've spoken to you know they were just like really excited and um, even people you know if we couldn't go on to their PSLs they were just like you know honestly Janks you know all the best in your new venture and um, we'll keep you in mind but yeah Literally, everyone was really, really supportive. Um, I, I can't, I can't knock anyone that that I personally know of or have said anything that were like, "Why are you doing this, James?" It was literally, yeah, everyone was was really, yeah, just just really, really cool about it. Yeah, and and, and obviously you mentioned kind of Christmas Eve being that that kind of line in the sand moment with it all. I guess obviously those are all the very positive bits, and then you know, we could waffle on for for hours about all the the great stages of JR. I guess. I'm sure there have been times over the last 10 months or so where not not you questioned what you've done, but, but obviously had understandable wobbles and, and, and down days. I guess what what did you have any really vivid memories of, of particular ones, particularly tough days? And, and I guess what were they all about? Yeah, so I think the biggest one for me personally was I, I remember I remember to this day I was literally calling you and I was like, I've made the biggest mistake, Max. I I can't do this. And you're like, Jenks, what's going on? I'm like, that's just too much. I need a break. I, I need a day off. Um, you know, I think that because I am, like I said, I am a control freak and I need everything to be done a certain way. And we were just getting busier and busier. And I felt like we were like, you know, not, not able to prioritize certain clients the way we should have yeah. just because we were just getting busier. And that's when I said to you, Max, I, I need help. 
um, to a point where I think I was nearly in tears. And I'm just like, I just, I just can't do this. I can't, I can't manage everything. Um, and that's when we had like some really serious conversations. And you know, now we've got Chantal and Tali on board, and literally can breathe again. Right. Uh, but I think that that was my biggest wobble was just like, what have I done? What? And it, it's a nice problem to have, though, isn't it? Because yeah, like, but it's a very understandable so problem. But it's, it is a very understandable problem. And I guess how, so. How did you mitigate that? How, how did you how did how did you feel better? Did you take people on, or did you change how you manage the business? Did did you take some time off if you could? <laughs> I did not take some time off, Matt. Um, no, I didn't. Um, but then I came back to my sounding boards again. You know, I came back to you guys at Isotopes. I came back to you. I came back to Jane. I came back to Gary. And and just having those open and honest conversations. And you know, Jordan crunching the numbers and being like, "Yes, Jenks, you are in a position you can bring people yeah. on." Yeah. And you know, once once you actually see it on paper and you actually then stop putting your time and your effort in. I mean, I'll be honest. Um, you know when. We, we interviewed Chantal first and that week I didn't make one placement within JR, but we made a placement. Sorry, I should rephrase that. We didn't, no, yeah, yeah, we made a placement yeah. in JR. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, um, and, and that just, just knowing we were, had somebody coming on board, just like, you know, our clients and candidates have these expectations that we need to meet. Yeah. And just knowing that we've then got another person coming in, just like give them that attention was like a weight was just lifted. And I was like, okay, I can breathe again. I can do this for another three weeks until Chantal comes on board. And then we were lucky enough to get Tali as well. And then I was just like, actually, it's it's all starting to fit into place. So it, it, I needed to have that wobble to yeah. push me, to push the business forward. Well, there are phases, aren't there? And I think it's 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 all it's also a challenge that you, you don't experience when you're working for someone else because the emotion the emotional attachment you have to your own business is always heightened. You might be thinking you're incredibly emotionally invested with your previous employer, but the moment it's your own thing, you obviously are incredibly, incredibly emotional about it. And I guess, how do you make decisions in the business that are the best decisions for the business as opposed to emotionally how you might be feeling on that given day, if that makes sense? I've got you on speed, dial, Max. That's just that, is it? All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, it's a thing of if you know, I'll be I'll be honest. Um, initially, Jane and I would literally be talking about work twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Yep. Um, people that know Jane and I, we, you know, we spend every weekend together, especially when the rugby's on. You know, we go and watch the boys play rugby. Um, but even not, you know, we're a very close family, and we we found that we were we were talking about JR twenty four seven, where we actually had to come to an agreement of like weekends, family time is. It's family time. Let's actually have like proper meaningful conversations and not just talk about JR all the time. Um, but yeah, we, 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 we make decisions together, Jane and I. Um, we, we don't just go straight out and do it. We will talk about things. Um, if Jane and I disagree, then mm. yeah, we, we tend to come back to it again. Um, I tend to lean on Gary quite a bit. Um, I think he should be paid by JR for um, stress relief because um, literally he gets all the vents. Um, and then, yeah, I, you know, I, I do lean on you guys a lot. I think um, you and Laura are sick and tired of, of my um, me calling you. Um, yeah, I can imagine it's going to be blocked soon. Um, but yeah, no, you know, and I lean on you guys quite a bit just to know that what we're doing is the right way and, and how we're doing it is, is you know, politically correct if that's the right phrase um yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, because because again, it is it is it can feel like quite an isolating journey, and and it's something that, funny enough, we, we're speaking about even more internally at the moment. I don't, I don't really know why, but I think obviously you're very conscious that individuals that that set up on their own, however they do it, they go from buzzy community offices, you know, with with team members around them, to, to suddenly you're on your top. And then that barometer of whether you're doing things right or, or doing things in the right direction or, or kind of your barometer of success and, and, and trickier times is completely warped because it's now just yourself. And that's where, however you do it, the partnerships that you have in place are incredibly important and they are the professional ones and they are the, the personal ones. And I think, I guess for yourself, a very general question, but but what, what is it about what you do that, that makes you enjoy it as much as you so clearly do? Honestly, like we've had a couple of conversations over the last couple of weeks. Um, one of my candidates, um, I've, I've worked with her for years, and she just basically, she's like, Janks, you're just so reliable. Um, you're always there. I send you a text, you get it sorted. And, you know, it's just, and it's not, oh, it's all about me. That's not what it is. But it's just knowing that we've actually made somebody's life easier. We found them a job, you know, guide, you know, another another client, I guide them through, um, helping them with IR35 and they were like oh you know it's, it's just giving them the knowledge that we know and helping them and supporting them and it's you know we don't want to be just another recruitment agency of oh there's a CV or oh, there's GP only I'm not going to even help you with IR35 we don't want to be that that agency and the feedback that we're getting you know the reviews that we've had online um yeah it's yeah it's it's just awesome it's yeah it's it's just awesome that's the easiest way for me to to explain it just knowing that our clients and our candidates appreciate us and we work together and it's not yeah it's not just us pushing cbs across we actually listen to what they want and it's that respect that mutual respect between all of us uh, yeah it's just awesome yeah yeah and i guess from a, a kind of a slightly more unemotional point of view is is the business where you thought it would be after the period of time that, it, that it's been so 10 months in when you were sitting there 10 months ago did you feel it would be where it is now or have you overachieved or potentially gone off on a different tangent um i didn't think we'd have our first hire let alone two in the business if i'm completely honest with you i didn't i i was thinking january 2022 that's what that's what i was thinking um, and why is that? So in, because of economically, the business would be in a point where it could afford to bring people on, or personally, you'd be ready. Yeah, I thought economically, the business would right. be would then be financially ready to do that. Yeah. Um, but then also um, because of like COVID and everything going on, I was like, I wasn't sure how we were going to how you know the sector was going to react at all. Um, so yeah, I thought I thought January. Um, you know, we've we've been doing placements with. Um, with candidates that I've never worked with before, you know, yeah. that that's that was an eye opener for me. So like, yeah, yeah, I think overall, I think JR's in a in a good place and better than what I thought we would be doing. Yeah, and and, and I guess were you were you in your projections for for one of that phrase prior to starting? Were you understandably reserved with them or quite bullish with what you hoped you'd achieve? So I was going quite bullish because I um. I obviously thought we would be out of COVID naively again. See that, that word naively. Um, I thought we would basically, yeah, it, we wouldn't have gone back into lockdown in November. That lasted all the way through until you know, February or whenever it did. Um, so I did go bullish on them. Um, and we've, we've still done pre pretty okay. I don't think we're that far off of what we had projected for the year. 
Yeah, yeah, which is I think just reaffirms it, isn't it? And I guess you know, when 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 you're sitting there advising, I'm sure you know people in your position. I'm sure you get peppered with loads of recruiters asking you why you did it, how you did it, and would you do it, and what the advice would be. I guess for for a recruiter thinking about doing it for themselves, whether it be in the veterinary space or any space, what what would your advice be to them? I think from my experience personally, Max, is um, if it's the first time you're thinking about it, yeah. think about it, have the conversations, but don't do it for a year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. And if in a year, year and a half, you feel exactly the same, then by all means, go for it. But just remember, it's going to be hard work. You know, there's there's so much more that goes into it. You know, even the conversations that you and I had, I was ready for it. But it, it does get challenging and the recruitment guards are always there. So even though you think they're not, even running your own company, they are still there. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just setting the expectations to know that you know you're gonna have ups, you're gonna have downs. The same as what you do in an agency. Mm. Just this time, they're more they're more intense because it's your own. I think they're amplified, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the yeah. good bits are amplified, and then the the, the trickier times are as well. And I think what you mentioned kind of if, if someone was thinking about it and, and exploring it to sit on it for a year, 18 months before doing it, why? Why is that important, do you think? I think it's important just because if if you sit on it, if, if you've thought about it and it's the first time, like ask all the questions, give yourself that time. You know, if you're going to do this, it's a you're in for life. So whether you do it now, you do it in 12 months time, you're going to do it. Yeah. But it gives you just to ask those extra questions, get yourself ready, get yourself, you know, in the right frame of mind, you know, just start, just, just start setting everything up so that you know that if, if in a year's time, you know that you definitely want to do it. Yeah. And that's why, you know, personally looking back, if I'd done three years ago, I probably wouldn't have my own agency right now. Um, but now, you know, a year on and no regrets. Which is, which is, I think, a result of obviously taking your time with it, isn't it? Letting the ball come to you and realizing that it is a, a long-term thing and you are tied in for life. <laughs> um, I've I mean, been tied in for life. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess, you know, from, from your side of things, if you could cast your mind back over the journey that you've had so far, I mean, how would you define it? How would you describe that journey so far, really? Stressful? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, honestly, um, you know, the, the excitement's still there. Um, you know, I've... It, it, it was really exciting starting it, but then the journey so far, you know, there's excitement that comes with it. You know, when when you get to have like a client meeting of a new prospective client and meeting them or doing that over Zoom, you know, the excitement's still there. The same thing, like you and I have been speaking for four years and I get to meet you for the first time next week. You know, that's quite a cool thing on my side because I get to actually meet you face to face. You know, seeing, seeing Chantal entirely grow within the company, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Um, it is stressful. It, it, it really, really is. And I, I won't I won't sit here and lie to you and say that it's not. Um, but, you know, you, you deal with that. And then I think what the biggest thing about is... It? I know it sounds naive, but, but what, what it, can you put your finger on what it is? Because, you know, a lot of people talk about it and I'm sure anyone listening to it would be like, yeah, but what, what is stressful about it? I think the biggest thing for me is not letting people down. Okay. You know, if, if somebody, you know, I've got clients that come to me and it's like, Janks, I really, I really need a vet. I need them. And... For me, I'm like, okay, pressure's on because they've come to me, they've relied on me. I need to go and find them, find them this vet or find them this nurse. But it's also that stress of performing. Yeah. It's not letting your family down. It's, you know, me, there's no fail. When it comes to me, I can't fail. If I, yeah, literally, I, I cannot fail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
you know, so it's it's that stress, but then it's also the stress that comes with of making sure that your staff's happy, your staff's protected, you know, they enjoy where they're working and that they paid every month. You know, that's like my biggest thing is they need, you know, they, they get sorted before we do. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big thing for me is that they are happy, they enjoy where they work and they can grow within the company and that they feel respected. Um, yeah, I would hate, I would hate if I had to like do an exit interview and somebody had said, oh, that MD at JR that, you know, could you imagine? I would, you know, I would, I would feel mortified. Well, I think because like, like so many do, and you so clearly have quite rightfully, is you do, as corners and note sounds, attach a little bit of your identity to the business. So whether it's you representing or, or somebody within the team, it is you at the end of the day. And therefore that culture is incredibly important. And therefore you're always going to feel that, angst around it all because understandably that that never I don't think that ever disappears does it and I think it would be naive of individuals experiencing it to to suggest that it that it doesn't yeah definitely you know um yeah yeah I just yeah I, I, I would just hate if if that was the case and and they weren't they weren't happy and you know anyone coming in um yeah I just just want to be a happy big happy family Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think closing then, which I think I know the answer to it, but if, if you had your time again, would, would you do anything different? I think honestly, the only thing that I would do differently is set up my spreadsheets in a way that it was easy to transport across to my CRM. <laughs> Cause that was, that was, yeah. yeah. If I, if I could do that differently, I would. Um, but other than that, um, no, literally um, I chose the right partners. Jane and I chose the right partners with you guys. Um, you know, yeah, you got you guys have just been awesome, um, which is really, really cool because I think you know the question before I even call, you just see the name in like a okay, case, she's probably gonna ask me this now. Um, yeah, so you know, you guys have been really good. Um going into business with Jane, you know, I couldn't ask for a best, better business partner. Um, she knows me inside and out, so she knows how to control my control controlishness. Um, so yeah, no, I don't think other than that, I don't think I would have done anything differently. Yeah, no, it's interesting. That? And obviously it sounds so exciting for the next 18, 24 months, because I think, I think as we quite rightly pointed out, you sort of quite rightly pointed out, the sweet spot for a business like, like yourself, yes, yeah, seems to be that five to, to six kind of headcount. And then you sit back and kind of see what you want to do for the next four or five years of it. So, so no, look, thank you very much for your time today, James. I know people listening will really appreciate it. So thank you. That's all right. Thank you guys for having me on. No worries. Thank you. All right. All Wow, um, what's an episode? I always find myself really transfixed when talking to entrepreneurial recruiters like Jax because each recruiter is different and each has their own outlook and skill set and yet they all have these same unwavering traits. I mean, they're all exceptionally aware of the market that they're in, knowing fully what value their clients and candidates are really on the hunt for and how they can provide that. But they're also aware that running your own agency can be a, a variable thing. Um, you'll have great days, you'll have trickier days, but what provides you with that stability is more the journey prior to starting, which forms part of the, the key takeaways that I would have had from, from this conversation. I mean, I guess, firstly, would be the answer that, that Janks gave and her advice to any recruiter thinking about the idea of starting their own agency, that if for whatever reason this is the first time ever that you've thought about the idea, you should have those conversations. You should explore your options and then try 
as odd as I know it might sound, to, to kind of do nothing. Um, because in doing that, either you're going to show yourself that while you want to do it, the timing might be a little bit off and it might be something you then explore over the next couple of years coming, or you get so consumed by the idea that this further confirms it's the right time for you and you're giving yourself the opportunity to really make sure that it's the right step for yourself. For example, with Janks, on many occasions during this conversation, she made reference to the fact that she waited around about three years from the day that she first started thinking about the idea to the day that she, quote, did it, um, which I think is a real honest and, and thought-provoking part of the podcast. I think, secondly, it was the importance of fulfillment in what you do. This links really nicely back to, to what I mentioned in the introduction of the podcast. It's not enough to just be great at what you do, as odd as I know that might sound, you need to have a very clear reason around why you're doing it to ensure you remain fixated on that end goal, whatever it might be. Now, that's not to say that you don't have to be great at what you do, but if you're a recruiter sitting there listening to this and perhaps toying with the idea of starting your own agency the irony is you are going to be great at what you do otherwise you wouldn't be thinking about the idea i guess it's as simple as that so for me it it was really interesting to to learn more from janks about how important it is to really enjoy what you're doing something that she mentioned so clearly a couple of times during this conversation in how in one breath she was talking about the very understandable challenges that, that come on seemingly a, a daily basis when you're running your own thing, but in the same breath, how much she enjoys that and how much she enjoys that challenge and how she simply wouldn't change it for, for anything. And I guess, thirdly, we spoke quite um, comprehensively around her views on hiring and, and how hiring in your own agency is, is different. It is different to hiring in um, in an employed role or for your employer, sorry. I, I liked how she saw effective hiring as a as kind of a two-pronged approach that on the one hand you need to make sure that culturally they're right for the business not only for the sake of the business but also for their sake I mean as a business owner you do you do have a responsibility to ensure your team are happy and part of that is making the right hiring decisions in the right manner and in the right way secondly it's making sure that new members of the team provide the same level of service and value to your clients and candidates that your agency has kind of become known for, which really, if you're getting the first stage right, the second stage, as glib as I know it will sound, does kind of then take care of itself. And and lastly, the importance of partnerships. You, you would have heard Jacks mention two very important people to her, Gary, her partner, her support, her rock, as cliche as I know that sounds, and then Jane, her business partner, her anchor, the person that knows her inside and out. And of course, there are these personal partnerships that are incredibly important, but also alongside that, the professional partnerships that you need to, to succeed. And I think what Janks has shown is how effective it is to have the right support around you. So look, I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did recording it. You know, we could have talked for hours and hours about the JR journey and what the future holds, but I hope this hour can give you an even greater insight into the recruitment startup subject, what it's all about, and perhaps, just perhaps, it might encourage you to explore the idea a little further and perhaps take action today to get started on your own recruitment startup journey. Either way, I look forward to talking to you again in our next episode.